right. Welcome, welcome to episode one, BC Banter on the Heights, the first ever episode uh, covering all things BC Eagles, um, hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Um, Really excited to be here, man. Uh, Really excited. This has been something that I've been, you know, kind of kicking around for a little over over a year now. Um, So I'm glad it's finally come to fruition. Um, for me, myself, personally, real quick, um, I was in the media for a little over two years uh, for BC Bulletin Sports Illustrated, um, covering the football team as well as the basketball and hockey. Um, really, the reason why I was out of media once I graduated um, from BC was due to the fact that the pandemic was going on and there really wasn't a lot of media opportunities. Uh, but this is something that's very passionate um, for me. Um, not only do I love everything BC, love covering it, love, love this aspect, love, you know, uh, this opportunity to be able to talk about them at length. Um, especially, you know, with my buddy, uh, Pete here, who's, you know, one of my closest friends for the last 10 years. Um, I'll let him kind of introduce himself and then we can jump right into it. Well, thank you, buddy. Like you said, we've known each other for about a decade now, met at college, been friends ever since. And, one of the things that I think that we both enjoy doing, even before the podcast, before the podcast was even a thought, was just going to BC games, football, basketball, you know, whatever it may be. We went to a baseball game last year when it was freezing out. That was fun. I think it was actually the last baseball game before COVID hit and then everything mm-hmm. like shut down and nothing. there was no other BC activity until we went again uh, post. So that was pretty cool to be par- part of that that last BC uh, sports endeavor, but it's kind of a reflection of our attitude towards the school as a whole. We just like going to the games, enjoying talking about them. Title of the title of the podcast is BC banter, just because we've been bantering on sports our entire life, our entire relationship of knowing each other. So um, it's only right that we continue to banter on BC. Um, Yeah. With that being said, how about that game against Rutgers? Oh, My first, so my first initial question to you was, was going to be real simple. It was just going to be, how are you feeling? Um, it was, it's like on speaking well, man. It's like, I, I, I was, I've been trying to think of like ways that like openers that were just such a, just kick in the throat. Like, seriously, like I have not experienced something that where you had that big of an expectation only to be let down that much like it was just unfathomable I know that we were kind of talking about you know going into last week when we had a whole criteria on the podcast originally and everything was so upbeat it was the expectations what was going to happen this year and for it to just go down and just to have them lose and not only the fact that they lost but the way they lost I think that's like probably my biggest my biggest thing. Yeah, um, we we texted each other and we're talking about a 14 point differential between, you know, the, the, that's what, how big we thought BC was going to win at least two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to, I was on the verge of going into the game. I wasn't feeling too well. And someone texted me and was like, yeah, it should be a good game. And I was like, BC's going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, now, now that text looks stupid. Yeah. And it's like, you go back to that and you're like, oh my God. But it's like, And I don't think you could, I don't think there's anyone who, you know, is close to the team in that way that would say otherwise either. Like, there's no one out there that's going to sit there and be like, yeah, I told you so, you know, like, I think everyone who is genuinely like a Boston college football fan is going to, you know, 
tell you that they honestly thought that they were going to win and they were going to win big. I don't I think, think Rutgers would say the same. Agreed. Totally agree. <laughs> you know, no one on Rutgers is walking into the building going, yeah, home opener in BC. Haven't won since 1991. We're going to go in and take this. I mean, I'm sure they had that confidence, but in the back of their mm. mind, they're like, come mm. on. You know, like it, it was just, it just, it just didn't make sense. Cause I think like I go back to last year and like the expectations for last year um, were honestly probably collectively, at least for me, it was probably their biggest, biggest expectations going into season since 2007. And then when obviously when Phil got hurt in week two, it was just like, oh, this is so BC. This is so typical, you know, like what else is new? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was kind of like, all right, well, they're going to run it back this year. You know, Zay came back, Phil's back, um, the predominant amount of the secondaries back. So you thought that, all right, we're just going to transfer those expectations to this year. Um and like after after that game, it's like it's like the wind is just like straight out of the sails. Like there is no there is. I mean, where are the expectations now? You know, and like we'll we'll definitely get into that. I think later in the in the actual episode because I think it's very important to 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 kind of not only temper your expectations but to see like where they are at this point because even though it's only one week, but like that I think that was like that loss had a lot. I think the loss had more implications than a win would. Well, the, I think the loss kind of exposed some of the weak areas in the team that really are something to pay attention sure. to moving forward. You know, sure. you, you're talking about the rinse and repeat. Yeah. What we were expecting last year, let's just put those expectations on this year and move forward. Not realizing your offensive line is different, not realizing, yeah. you know, some of these things that maybe we didn't actually put our thought put enough thought into like, Hey, you know, you're losing one of your best linemen to the NFL and now you got to replace, you know, a majority of those starters on the O-line and you know, what's going to happen as a result of that. Well, what happens is when the game's on the line and you need a big play, they get sacked twice. And to your point, you had five new starters on the offensive line. Um, And I think, I, I don't know if it was just like, me being biased and not really taking that into account that like that was a serious issue. But I also tend to believe that the people that were coming in were all highly regarded recruits like Drew Kendall, who's the center. He's, you know, was a four-star recruit coming in. Can't snap. So I think a lot of what's yeah. He can't, yeah. can't snap. He, he, he was one of the main reasons we lost that game. hundred percent. So it's the, kind the, of like the botch snap to fill turnover. Other team gets the ball. Mm-hmm. We're about to score. That score could be the we lost by a point. If that's a field goal, we win. Yeah, and that's just on that snap. And I mean, you can look at a bunch of different instances in the game where it could totally go the other way, right? So you, sure. it's an accumulation of all those things, and it's part of a football team to overcome those things. But can't do that. You need to be able to snap the ball to your quarterback. That's pretty simple. <laughs> it doesn't get more matter of fact than that. Well, I mean, look at it too. So the other thing too, it's like you had the offensive line who was just they were. I mean, let's call it what it is. They were terrible. And then you look at, you look at um, the running attack, you know, because obviously they didn't protect Phil. Phil got beat up, but you look at your running attack, like Pat Garrow is arguably a top three running back in the ACC based off last year, based off last year and based off the expectations coming into this year. 
the dude had 14 carries, 25 yards, and and one uh, 1.8 average. He couldn't have got more yards per carry though. If you watch that game, he had nowhere to get more yards. Nowhere to go. And that's and and that 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 that's where I'm getting at. It's like the offensive line was atrocious. And like not only not only did they leave Phil like beaten and battered, but then like Pat Garwell, who arguably was your best offensive weapon in 2021, and he was just rendered like useless. Like he was neutralized. There was no running game. It forced them. And the Rutgers knew the whole time, like they're just gonna throw the ball because that's all we could do. And what did they do? Double up Zay. Shut him four catches for like 30 yards in the second half. Just shut shut him up, bottled him up, and said, You gotta do something else besides that. And can BC run play action without a run game? No. Can BC pass it to anybody else besides Zay Flowers? No, but they got that tight end. Sorry if I'm drawing a blank on his name, number 80. He's yeah. a he's a pass catcher. He yeah. he looked good in that game. And he's another, it's good to have two two weapons on on offense especially in your passing attack so you can't just put double up zay flowers who's clearly the best player on the field offensively for them you know but if you can't run the ball and you don't have play action that takes a 50 percent of their playbook out of play yeah well and, and to go off that point when you think about it right like zay so so zay went off in the first half like everyone knew he was gonna and and he and he came through. So once they did start double and triple teaming him, you kind of figure that someone else needs to step up and needs to produce. Eleven Where? on eleven. You take two on Zay. That means someone's open, right? Or some someone's on the math. It's math. Like, come on! Like, where was Jalen Gill? Where was Jaden Williams? You know, I understand Jaden Williams caught a touchdown, but still, like, where were these guys, like the the supporting the supporting receivers that were going to come through and actually make plays for them when their best player was, you know, being double and and the other thing too, not only was he double and triple teamed, that meant that other people are open. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, I think it's what's it, Takox? Takox? Everyone's going to roast us for that. I can't mm-hmm. pronounce. I'm I cannot try. I'll let, I'll let you do I that. Can't, I can't pronounce his name. Everyone's gonna be like, "These these dudes are doofuses. They can't even get the name right." But like, you, you call, call into the program and say it yourself. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Please <laughs> educate us. I'm calling him George. That's his first. I like that better. It's easier. Yeah, but like, think about it. Like, he had a great game. Seven seven catches, 84 yards. Right. So you're getting production from your tight end. So that, so that was like your second, so that was like your second, um, your second leading receiver. But like, if you have no running game, your best receiver is, you know, being double teamed, there has to be production elsewhere. There just has to be. And it's not like they have like a bunch of like young receivers who really, you know, are like thrown into it and they have no idea what's going on. You have Jalen Gill, who's third year in the, in the program, you know, I just, it just, it doesn't it it does I, it doesn't add up and it it leaves me really wondering as a whole like when it comes to the coaching staff when it comes to Halfley as like the second coming right like are you though no i like next question no. i mean no no yeah, right no. Let's, let's talk about Halfley for a second why did why what what does he what does he do good and and in my opinion he recruits right yes excellent recruiter that's what he did at ohio state he recruited what else is he a specialty at defense he's a defensive-minded coach he was in the nfl 
defense, defense. And he actually coached good NFL defenses. You know, he has a track record of recruiting and defense. Sure. So secondary, especially. secondary is his, is his forte when it comes to the defense. Sure. So w- what does BC, you know, thrive at? I think that you need to, ha- or what does BC not thrive at is better said right now. Offense. The offense was lackluster. The offense couldn't run. The offensive line couldn't block. They have one good wide receiver, maybe two at this point. And Phil struggled. Phil struggled in that game. I, you know, you can look at the numbers and try to pitch it a different way, but I don't think that he did that well just from the eye test, right? So Halfley isn't good at what we need right now. We have a good defense. We've always had a good defense. And then I don't know. You can educate the the public on this and maybe me simultaneously, but recruitment BC has got limitations on who they can recruit and what they can, and how they can go after certain recruits. So if you have an excellent recruiter, but you're in a college that limits your recruiting ability, are you even in the right fit as the coach? It's you couldn't have put that any more better. You couldn't have, you hit the nail on the head like that's just it it's because like here's the thing too so like he's a he's a defensive guy and you know the secondary i think i think their past defense was ranked like third in the country last year it's good to end the season so it's very good but your offensive coordinator last year i'm sorry but the dude was an absolute bozo it was like so was, bad. It was terrible. Like I could have good. called better plays out from the stands. Yeah. And I think we tried, you know, <laughs> we did. <laughs> so like, all right. So you kind of swung and missed on that one. And then like the, he, he goes and gets hired from Pitt. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. So he, so he takes off, but it was like, thank you. Like, good looks like peace. Later. The guy you brought in this guy, McNulty. Wow. What do you like doing? that? Like that, what that clearly wasn't a good hire either. And, you know, I, and I would love revisionals histories always going to be 2020. I would love for like the end of this year, like they turn it around, their offense is moving. They end up having like a great season. Right. And then like, we, we, we just look stupid and people come back and people like screenshot and, but like, I would love that. Like, I would love to be wrong, but my whole thing is like, it looks like the two offensive coordinators that you've hired as the head coach, are not good mm. like that's my issue it's not even it's it's like it you know the biggest thing with adazio was like he had terrible he had terrible time management he really wasn't a good recruiter like the team was just so dysfunctional and then like when halfley comes in it's like oh this is you know he's he's writing the ship we've got a pass offense again he's recruiting he's bringing in he's bringing in a great quarterback he's gonna have the offense it's gonna be balanced all this stuff you had Richard Sherman and Darrell Rivas like tweeting, which at the time I was like, Oh, it's dope, you know. Yeah, it's wicked cool. But like, okay, so you're not an offensive guy, but you clearly it and like this is just my opinion, and this is just me being like really aggravated about the other day, but like your assessment of talent isn't great either. Because the two guys that you brought in to lead your offense have not shown that they are capable of doing it. And you're kind of limited to maybe he picked the best of what it was available to him. You really okay. sometimes there's also other circumstances that maybe That's like this is, what I, this is what I was working with. You know, the Bill Parcells like can only cook with the groceries that I'm given, you know, sure. budget, yada, yada, yada. Sure. And, and, and I agree. Revisionist history is always 2020. I think of like that. Um, 
you'll get to know over the course of this podcast, I'm a big South Park fan. And there's an episode where they talk about Captain Hindsight. And there's like this huge problem of buildings burning down. Captain Hindsight flies in and says, you should have built uh, you know, a stairwell on the back. So everyone could have got out safely. And then he flies away. It's like, thank you, Captain yeah. Hindsight. You saved the day. It's like, yeah, in 10 weeks, we can look back on, on our comments on week one and say, well, this was what, you know, we can nitpick that. This is what you said that was right. This is what you said that was wrong. Yeah. You said they didn't pick up good offensive coaches and now look at their offense. Well, we yeah. can only comment on a weekly podcast about what we see from the last week and what we saw yeah. last week out of the offense was nothing to nothing pretty nothing good to, oh. to talk about so where we're at now i'm not worried about revisionist history because what we just saw we can accurately comment on and that was that wasn't good that wasn't up to par yeah no and like the other thing too and it's, it's a great point that you make because when you look at it this is year three this you know year one was a i mean year one's always going to be a pass but it was also a, a covid year Year two, Phil went down. So if you want to like give him a pass on that, sure. I I kind of don't. I don't. And I can get into that, but yeah, like, I can buy into the argument. But I choose yeah. to not buy into the yeah. argument. But like if you were I'm, making it to me, I'd shrug. I would I would accept it, but like I'm not. Like you know, your quarterback goes down and your season goes down the tube, and like, but your whole season hinged on one player. Like that's a terrible. Matt Castle went 11 and five, right? That's what yeah. I always, I mean, as a Pats yeah. fan, you always think about, so we lost the best quarterback and humanly possible and still had, you know, a very good record and that's the Patriots and it's different. And I know, but it's I football it. to fo- football to football comparison, right? You lose yeah. your starting quarterback. Yeah. How do you adjust? BC wasn't able to, it wasn't able to make the proper adjustments. Oh, I mean, a 500 even... with a backup quarterback. I don't know. Is that successful? No. I don't, think, I don't so. think not in their standards. I don't because you went, you went two and six in the ACC. Yeah. Like you went, yeah, you went four and oh out of conference, but like your big win was a six and six SEC team that took you like overtime to beat. Yeah. Like that's still not successful in my, in my opinion. And like, if you want to make it like more BC related, like look at like 2004 when, um, when Paul Peterson went down and like, yeah, you had Matt Ryan as a backup and, but like he got blown out in the last game of the season, but at least they had like a plan. At right. least they have like, they have like, they have like the talent to come in and do it. I mean, the back, the backup quarterback, it just, it's just, I just don't buy into that excuse. I really don't like, and especially like, here's the thing too. They did not change the offense up. So no, they kept running the fill offense. It was terrible. So once again, like, what are we doing here? So, where were you to, where did you step in and, and have this changed? But I digress. I mean, so, so but I, on the topic of Halfley though, you know what his record is as a BC coach? It has to be exactly 500. Yep. So if he loses today, he's a losing BC coach. So he's what? 12 and 12. He's right? 12 and 12. He took a loss the season he took over. And then since then has had a 500 record. Wow. So if he loses this Saturday, losing record as a BC head coach. Because that was the thing, too. It's like, this is going to be the guy to get us over that seven win hump. And he just hasn't delivered. Six wins is his, is his quota. <laughs> that ain't going to cut it. Yeah, it's, it's, like, not gonna, it's, it's not going to cut it. And I don't know if, like, listening to him talk, he doesn't fire me up either. No. 
No. Like when he when he speaks, it's like like he said the other day, like after the loss, they were talking to him. He says, "You got to flush it away. You got to move on." By the time we get on Monday, we have to really forget about that. We have to get back to work. We have to move on, and that's what we did. And if you think, uh, I always go, "What would Belichick say?" Because Belichick is the model of how to coach a football team, in my opinion. Sure. He would say the same exact thing. Tough loss. We're gonna review the film. We're gonna learn from it. We're gonna move on. We're playing Buffalo next week or whoever they were playing. He would just tell talk about them. Right. Got to move on, coach saying the same thing over here in BC. So I like to hear that, but then I don't like to hear some of the other things that he says, like uh, our O-line has holes in it and they need to get better. And, you know, hopefully by the time we're in week nine, we're looking back saying they've improved week nine. What do you mean? What he said, hopefully, but I know that's just my, I'm, you know that. Yeah, no. Week eight and week nine, you need to have won six games. What are we talking about? <laughs> what? Are, why are you giving? What kind of timeline is Coach on? Yeah, because then it, and, and then in the same breath, he's like, "Oh, we're a veteran team, so we're gonna, you know, we're you know." It's like, well, who's veteran on your team? First of all, I hate that. I hate that saying of veteran. The most you can play on a college football team is like five years. You get redshirted, right? Yeah. So like. What veterans is veteran like two years? What does veteran mean? Yeah, I mean two years. You're like a sophomore or something, a junior. Yeah. Think of back to your junior year. It's You're just, a veteran. <laughs> yeah, I you know it's like I I get it from the standpoint of like you want to have more upperclassmen playing than underclassmen, but it's just like pick a side then either you're a veteran team. You're going to figure it out. We're going to move forward or you're going to do the Adazio thing and play the young card. Like pick right. a side. Like you can't, you can't go middle of the road with this. Yep. You can't lose the Rutgers and then just go straight down the middle. Like pick a damn. And at least, at least like I'll have respect if you pick a side and you yep. have like conviction towards it. Right. They like are saying we're good and we're going to win, but also we need eight weeks to get our offensive line. Correct. There's a, there's a, that's a conflicting information right there, in my opinion. But then they want to, you know, and then the other, the other damning thing is when they're talking about Rutgers game winning drive and they're talking about miscommunication. It's like, yeah, first of all, no kidding. Like that was apparent, but that's a big problem. Like you have a 96 yard drive to end the game and you have miscommunication with the players. What are they miscommunicating about? Well, what was the what, what were the micro details of their miscommunication? That's what I, what, that's what I don't get. Like, cause what it looked like to me, was that Rutgers handed the ball to their running back and they ran it up the middle five yards. They got back mm-hmm. in the huddle. Rutgers said, let's do that again. And then they did it again. And then they did it again. And then they just did it until they got into the end zone on the other side of the field. Yeah. I mean, so here, let me, let me pull up this quote right here. Um, from the D-tackle on Wuka, Wuka. He said, I would say it was a lot of miscommunication. We weren't all on the same page. Half of us were running one thing and the other half was running another thing. So there was a lot of open gaps, a lot of guys not in the right spots. And dude, like what that tells me, like that is so damning. Like that is just like, that cannot happen. You know what I mean? Like as a, Division one power five, like college football team. I don't care. I don't care that it was week one. Like that cannot happen. That's all coaching. That's all coach. It, exactly. Like that. And it's, that, and it's interesting that he said that. 
Because he knows that that's coaching. I agree. So he called his coaches out. I agree. Like that's just unacceptable. That's completely unacceptable. Because I was, I was, I wrote down this comparison and on in my notes, and I even made fun of myself in my notes. I said, you know, make fun of, make fun of this metaphor if you want. But when I play Madden, if the game was on the line and they had on the four yard line, and they ran it up the middle for five yards and did that two or three more times, and all of a sudden, man, they're punching me in the face. I put four linemen in. I put four linebackers in. I pinched the line in and I pinched the linebackers in to put stack the box with eight people and allow my three defensive backs to just either zone up in the three zones that cover the middle of the field, or I man up on the three receivers I think are eligible to catch a pass on that play. And I just go, you're not going to run it. And I make them pass it. That it's that simple. Why didn't they do that ever? for all 96 yards as they moved it up the field. And I just said to you, we had a little technical difficulty there. I don't know. You might've noticed it on the recording, but I said to you in the break, I don't think they ran it outside the tackles. I don't think and, they did either. And if you look at the game, like I bet we could go back to ESPN and look back at the play-by-play analysis. And I bet each one of them would say, run up the middle, five yards, run up the middle, six yards, run up the middle, four yards. Not one point did they look like they were going to even stop them in the backfield. Although there was, I made, I made game notes and on one of the runs I wrote one looked like a one yard gain turned into a five yard gain. And even the one time that they looked like they were going to stop them, they blew the tackle and blew the play and still let up five yards for a first down. I'm looking at it right now. It doesn't, it doesn't specify whether it's up the middle or to the outside, but it's just like, I mean, look at this, like five yards, four yards, one yard, no gain. Nine yards, four yards, 15 yards, six yards, three yards, four yards, and then the big one, the 23 yard mm-hmm. for the touchdown. But like, golly, or I'm sorry, that- 23 yards, then 22 yards. But like, golly, like, wow, wow. And that's what I was thinking. Like, because when I'm watching, the, when I'm like watching that, it was 20, it was. 21 15 there's like what four minutes left and i'm like all right i'm like they're on their friggin i think it was like their six yard line or four yard line excuse me and i'm like this is the ball game all they have to do is make a stop here and they're home free like and and in my head i'm already thinking about how ugly of a win it's gonna be right like i'm like this is like this is gonna be like a gross win this is like a texas state win like all over again like this is just going to be a disgusting like let's throw the tape away and let's move on and then they just kept they just kept moving they just kept moving and in 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 the moment i i guess i guess just because i was so like transfixed on them like just stopping them that i didn't stop to realize that they hadn't thrown a pass yet they didn't <laughs> i think and you i think what's that you know what's funny is they ran options too mm-hmm. like quarterback options like mm-hmm. they weren't even faking the pass bro that quarterback was feeling himself it was just option run option option run i mean i wrote in the second half i started taking like notes notes on each drive because i'm going like man we're about to lose this game they had i didn't write down the time of the drive left in the game but at one point in the middle of the drive i did note the time so they ran for five yards then they did an option for four yards and then they ran it up the middle again they got a first down you're like all right so they pounded 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 First down, just to get themselves out of 
their own shadow of the goalpost, right? Yeah. Option rollout. He had the wide receiver wide open, but the QB just overthrew him. So they did pass it once or tried to, and they blew it. Yeah. BC let them have the pass. Yeah. Like it was open and they blew yeah. it and they go, yeah. they go, fuck that. We're not going to pass it anymore. <laughs> We're going to run it. 23 <laughs> runs it for nine yards up the middle, gets the first down. You're like, Jesus, he looks hurt after the play, which was encouraging to me because I was yeah. like, he's hurt. Get him out of here. He's, yeah. he's running it down our gullet. Yeah. Option, four yards up the middle. Clock's at 5.10 at this point. So it must have been over six minutes to begin the drive because yeah. they're at 5.10 yeah. at this point. Sounds about right. They're down six, and I write down clock management is critical. And what do they continue to do after that? Run up the middle. Run up the middle. Three plays in a row for 13 yards total, down to four minutes. They ran three plays, killed a minute at 10. Number 23 comes back in the game, runs it up the middle for a big first down. Clock keeps ticking. Option run up the A gap for a huge gain. Same play to the other side. They didn't switch the play they ran. They just ran it to the other side of the field, Brett. They ran the same play back to back, one to the right. Now let's do it to the left now. And then for a 20-yard game, touchdown, extra point, Rutgers wins. It was an embarrassing final stand. And if if their D-line is saying it's because our coach couldn't get us the right calls, fire today out. Bring in See someone ya. that can call See a ya. defense when the game's on the line. I, like I said, mad as a Madden coach, I could have outcoached our defensive. You know, like anybody could have just stacked the box and said, "You're not doing that anymore." Yeah. To, to contain on the outside with our DNs, put two defensive tackles in to clog the middle up, along with four linebackers that are fast, so they can kind of get to the outside or inside if someone's trying to dip. I mean, it's simple, right? To right. how to stop the run. The problem is once they start passing, but who's going to pass? in that scenario when all they have to do is run it yeah. every time they, didn't yeah. even, they considered it once overthrew the guy and said, nah, even though we had it, we're not doing it again. Yeah. They're like, no, <laughs> we're just going to keep successfully running the ball. You'd be stupid not can. to. Shiano's like, I've been here before. I know mm-hmm. not to switch it up. If it's working, yeah, just keep running the ball down their throat. Make them stop me. As soon as they stop me a couple of times, maybe I'll do something different. Because that's the thing, too. It was like it was like a double whammy for them. Not only were they moving the ball, but they kept the freaking clock running. Yeah, the clock never Why stopped. Why would you not? Clock never stopped. And that's what it just like it. Honestly, like I, I wrote I, all I wrote down was like that was disheartening. That was just straight up like disheartening. Like there was nothing good about that. There was nothing that like you can take out of that game. And like how many times in the last five years can you go back and say and, and and say that it's unbelievable? It's like, are we that like apathetic as fans that we just like we're just like, oh, like BC gonna BC? Like mm-hmm. that's the type of shit that we deal with now. Like we deal with miscommunications, like mid coaches and just like a bunch of players who are just don't know how to execute properly. It's like, what is going on here? It looks this like a mess to be like this. It looks like a mess. It looks like a week one team that didn't practice before their week one game. Right. But like that cannot happen. Like that that cannot like and that and the, and the other thing with like the higher ups, right? Like this this dumbass AD they have. This like dude who's like who's literally like a puppet. He's like he's he looks like so pasty white, and he's like an absolute bozo. Like I can't. Everyone makes fun of him and calls him Beejer. Like for Christ's sake, like how can you allow that to be okay? Like no wonder Miami dropped you. Like you are a clown. Like, there's no, like, what did you go down there and, like, shake the dude's hand and be like, oh, like, great effort this week, coach. Like, we're going to get him in Virginia Tech next week. Like, you were damn close. You almost beat a Big Ten team. Like, 
Like, how can the powers to be allow this to be okay? Like, it goes beyond the head coach at this point. Like, why is this acceptable? It cannot be. Does Phil accept this? That's I feel, like, I feel like Phil's got to be a leader. If, if Coach yeah. Halfley isn't going to be the leader, Phil needs to be the leader. And that's one of the things that was on our agenda. Is mm-hmm. Phil is Phil a true leader? I, I don't know. Because one of the things that I saw, this dude's out there yelling at his linemen. This dude's out there throwing his arms up. You like that, it's though? Like, like, sometimes I like a little passion out of my quarterback. I want to know what, what he was saying. But, like, the other thing, too, it's like, bro, like, you need to be better than that. Like you're, it was, it, 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 I like the passion, but it came across like pretty whiny. Like it looked it came like across he as whiny playing. because he was getting smacked around. Yeah. I think that oh. I, I, I get, again, Brady's the best QB ever to walk on the face of the earth. Not a bad model to look at as how a QB should carry himself and act on a field. Tom Brady has an O line that's getting himself pummeled after coming off an injury year. Brady's screaming at those guys. Mm-hmm. But when you watch him, you think, man, Brady's firing those guys up. Because they want to work for 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 Brady, they yeah. want Brady to be protected, yeah. and I think that they want Phil. I think they like Phil. I don't think there's any, but they don't know Phil. This is no, they don't know him. They don't know and Phil. Think, they're not they're not blocking for him because they're his brother, you know. No, but when you're a fifth year senior, like act like it. Yeah, you know That's, what I mean. And like yeah. you can fight, and like I and like I agree with you because I think like you do want that intensity. Like if the dude was just getting up with his with his shoulder slumped, like that's an issue. Mm-hmm. But like when you're getting up and you're just throwing your arms up and you're kind of acting like a like just like a whiny brat, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like be like like grow up, like show some intensity and lead these guys. Like right. like that that was so unproductive in my opinion. I, and you granted, I, I mean, watching the final drive, right? Get sacked twice. He had no time. No time. It no wasn't time. his. I mean, that final drive was not on Phil. I don't put any of it on Phil. No, I don't either. And like. No. And I think like, you know, once again, like bring it back to the coaches. Like, I don't think they put him in any sort of position to succeed. I mean, Rutgers like, I killed that, us. I think coaching wise. Yeah. They destroyed us. Like, and that, like that, I was going to say those final drive that, that the two sacks, they blitzed the hell out of them. They're like, that O line sucks. We're just going to blitz them. Make Phil beat me on a blitz to one of his wideouts while we double cover Zay. And like, that was another, that was like another point that, that I was like kind of interested in like the implication, right? Like, cause BC recruits a lot out of Jersey. Like they get a lot of Jersey recruits. They compete, you know, with Rutgers for like a lot of the recruits. And there's like a, there's a lot of good football players that come out of New Jersey. Um, it's just like a, it's like a hotbed for, for, you know, college football players. And like one of the things was like, so Halfley and, and Shiano were, were um, hired the same year. And like, so what's the trajectory of it? Right. And so I thought my thought was that BC was in a better place. They've had better recruiting classes. They've had, you know, not a lot more success. I mean, Rutgers went five and eight last year. BC went, you know, six and six. So it's not like a huge difference, but I thought BC was on a much better trajectory. Uh, Now I don't think so. Like you, like if you looked at, if you looked at Rutgers on, on Saturday, they were so well coached and they didn't even have their starting quarterback line. They had three quarterbacks, one of them that didn't play and two of them that swapped in and out. So like there goes, you know, so it's like they would use you, their backup and they beat you. Would you trade Halfley for Shiana? Yeah, I would. Right, right now. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I can't wait. I, I'm kind of like semi interested in how Rutgers goes about the rest of their season. Yeah, I am because too. They got they, granted BC beat them in the first half. 
Mm-hmm. But if you look, you know, Belichick reference again, Belichick will gladly lose the first half if he knows everything about you now and can then go just tell his team and beat you in the second half. You just need to have the most points at the end. It doesn't matter how many quarters or halves yeah. you win, you yeah. know, and then Rutgers proved that they're like, yeah, we were down at half, but I know exactly what to do now. I felt like what Chiano's feeling was coming. Their second out. half adjustments were just light years ahead of us. Like uh-huh. We didn't, we didn't have, it honestly looked like we did not make any adjustments. Yeah. We did the same game plan again. We thought they whatever thought we did were, in the first would work again. They thought they were going to walk. Yep. They honestly thought that they were going to walk. And like, that's an issue. That's a big problem. That's a problem. I think from the coaching, from the mentality of, we think we can cakewalk through this. We don't have to make a major adjustment in the second half, no adjustment. I mean, the D line couldn't even get calls in, in the final play. Yeah. The the proper communication at the most important part of the game. Yeah. So that was all set at half too. I don't know. That just seems weird. It seems like the calls are weird, you know? And, and, and I don't think that's going to work against Virginia tech last year, next week either, you know? So I think that's a good that that's a really good um that's a really good bridge, right? So Absolutely. like so they have Virginia Tech this week. Virginia Tech just lost to Old Dominion. So like tragically. Yeah. I don't, did you see how it ended? Yeah. 75 yard drive, right? Something like that. 74 yard drive in the fourth quarter, exactly how BC <laughs> lost. <laughs> Two bum squads coming in for this matchup, huh? Oh goodness. And it's just like, are you gonna beat them? Like, you know, and 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 I see it like all over Twitter where it's 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 funny too because like people are like, you know, it's it's like joking and like trolling, but it's almost like they're like talking themselves into why BC will win this weekend. <laughs> they need to convince themselves after last week. Yeah, you know. Uh, shout out my boy uh, Marty Martin Artest. Um, but it's like, in all seriousness. You're going into Lane Stadium for an eight o'clock Saturday night game. Now, here's the caveat they're iced out, they're wearing their white jerseys and their white pants. So, like, they're gassed. Like, give me, first of all, I'm going to swear, give me a fucking break. Right. Like, seriously. But their whole deal is like, they're going to go down there, they're going to write the ship, they're going to. They're going to, and you're going to beat Virginia Tech. Like, oh, but they lost the old Dominion. Yeah, but you lost the Rutgers. I mean, some stats, love stats. Uh, so coming off a win against Virginia Tech last year, 17-3, handed them, handed them a pretty big L. Um, BC, 3-1, and one, past four matchups against Virginia Tech. Although if you go back a couple more, they're 3-4 and four in the last seven. So really recent success against VT. But I think if you look at college football, you have to look at like the past two or three years, like what happened six years ago. No one's even around from that mainly, you know, so it's a completely different outlook. BC 11 and 19 um, all time versus Virginia tech. And from 96 to 2002, they won seven games in a row where our longest winning streaks, only two games. So I think Virginia tech, has the advantage in this opener. They're favored in Vegas by two and a half points, which is basically nothing. It basically, you know, it's a feel, not even a field goal win. And they haven't lost a home opener in six straight home openers. I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have thought BC would have lost their home opener either. But at the same time, you know, you're not thinking Virginia Tech's going to lose their home opener either, <laughs> even though they're coming off, off, off a little loss, off a loss there. Um, For my last stat, I swear, um, BC at Virginia Tech, 
So BC in away games at Virginia Tech, five wins, eight losses, all time. Um, it's it's daunting. <laughs> um, it's funny because what was it? Two thousand. I mean, two thousand eighteen. They played a bad Virginia Virginia Tech team, um, and they won. And they were supposed to be good. That's a whole whole nother bit session. But um, then 2019, when they opened with Virginia Tech and they beat them, and it was like this, it, it was this great feeling because you knew Virginia Tech's like a good team. Anytime you beat Virginia Tech, it's good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter what their record is. Like anytime you beat them, you're happy. So when they want, beat them in the home opener, but then BC ended up being like pretty mediocre at best. Um, so that it was like misleading, but like that, tends to be the case like in their matchup like you never really know you never really know like you can't really gauge um how good you are based off them I guess is where I'm going with this um you know even even last year it's just like they beat them in the red bandana game that was the game Phil came back um they beat them 17 to 3 but like Virginia Tech's offense was horrible last year it was like really bad and we had good defense too yeah, we did. Definitely. The combination of, you know, shutting them down to three points and a combination of them not really being able to score, I think kind of yeah. was the reason. And and I think those stats kind of provided a pretty good highlight of it kind of goes either way. Yeah, sure. It's not there's not a clear cut. Well, you're dominating this team or they're dominating you. It's kind of like you said, it, it's a good win when you beat them. But it's it's also, uh, you know, they're kind of comparable in a way. So this is kind of like the, like, this is like a real, this is like a real fork in the road for Halfley, I think, Halfley mm-hmm. and company, because it's like, all right, like you just lost, like, here's your opportunity to redeem yourself. Like, go do it. Like you lose this game. Now you're in hot water, like officially, like you're already in hot water, but like you can get out of it if you win this game. Yeah. This water's heating up. The water is like not boiling yet, but it's like, it's on the fire. The bubble though. Yeah, like, it's, bubbling. It's, it's bubbling, dude. Like you're 12 and 12, like enough of this, like enough, like you're not, you're not our savior after all. Like you're not even Tom O'Brien. Like <clears> I, <throat> I, I, I like miss those days. Like I, when BC would go like nine and three and win like the Mac and cheese.com bowl. <clears throat> and I would be like, so pumped going to the bookstore to pick up like the frigging t-shirt. You know, I was like 13. Yeah. And now they can't even do that. Like they cannot, like for the life of them, they cannot win more than seven games. And so that's yeah, like, that way. It, it's, um, it's like every, it's like, you know, it takes like a force of nature, right? Like. Feels like they have to get lucky almost to get above six wins these days. And it's like, they scratch and claw for that. And like, that's the threshold that they're at. It's, it's not. And, and, but the other thing too, it, it, it really does not feel like there doesn't feel like there's momentum behind the program. You look at the basketball team, like, yeah, the basketball team, like they won a couple of games in the ACC tournament and like this year, like, yeah, like no one's saying that they're going to either make the tournament or go to like the sweet 16, but at the same time, like there does feel like there's some momentum behind them that they're building on something like the football team really does feel like it's same old, same old, like, it's just like rinse and repeat. Like we're going to go six and six and maybe win a bowl game. Like it does not feel like they're like building something. And like, that's a big problem. That oh, 100% my agreed. problem. It Is almost that- feels like without progression, it's regression. Yeah. It's like this, like, it's almost like this is the sustainability. Like, yeah. Well, you're going to be six and six every year. Well, you 
that sucks. We think you suck then. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to continue to like devote my time with this, with this team. If that's the case, like, I, and that's the honest to God. That's truth. a lie. Hold on. Hold on. Everyone. Brett just lied. That was the first lie of the podcast. Yeah. Brett said that he wouldn't follow BC if they continue this. You would follow them if they were 0-12, bro, until they got one win, and then you would be texting me about their win. Don't let them lie to you. I know. This is true. Real quick. So, 2000, so 2015, <laughs> I was living in Florida, and, I mean, we're, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. It was the Wake Forest game. It was the 3-0 game. <laughs> <laughs> that game stopped. I was at that game. Dude, I tried getting Pete to come to BC games <laughs> with me. Like I was always asking him to come with me. Right. The kid never wanted to go or, you know, whatever. He just, you know, he just, I hated on college football is what it was. Call it what it is. He politely declined every time. Yeah. We'll call it that. So I moved to Florida. BC is stuck in this three, nothing toil. This kid texts me a picture at the game. And I'm not joking. I texted him back. I'm like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I've been asking you to go to games for the last five years. It's a good and troll job. And like, this is the game you're at. Like, you know, and then they end up losing three nothing and it goes down in like infamy. You know, it's like a it's like a thing now. But it's just so friggin' funny because it's like even that whole season, it's like I continued to watch. 2011, I was watching. I, I watched the Miami game when they come when they came, when Luke Keekley had the pick six and one. 2012 was like the dumpster fire. Like there was like 14 people in the game. Like I was one of them. Yeah, you know, like, I, I can't. You're, you're right. You're right. I'll, 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 yeah, I lied. Um, yeah, first it. lie. I care about it, and like I think the other thing too, it's like when I when I became a fan, I became a fan probably like in two thousand, give or take, probably when like Tim Hasselbeck was the quarterback, um, and then it was um, Brian St. Pierre, and so down so down the line. But like I was a fan of these teams that were like very sustainable, like they were winning eight or nine games every single year and going to a bowl game and winning a bowl game, and they were churning out like good players. They were beating good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see like where they are now, where it's just like utter and it's like utter mediocrity, right? Like, it's yeah. not like, it's not like up and it's not like the Red Sox where like they'll win the world series one year and then like not make the playoffs and be last in a, at least the next year. Like they're like very stuck in mediocrity where like they're 500 every single year. Like you can book it. Um, so it's, 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 man, it's tough to watch. It really is. And that's where I was last week. Like I, I was when the game ended, like I sat in silence for like, like 10 minutes, like silence. Like I was with, I was with my boy. I sat dead silent. And like, the first thing I said was just like, I can't believe this is actually happening because the reality of it is, is it's just like every time that you think there's a chance that they're going to turn the corner and they're going to start building on something, they just don't. Yeah. There's no spark. there's nothing. There's, there's no, no gasoline. There's no fire. They really don't have like something like if, if Phil and Zay click next week, they click this week or this past week. Like yeah. how much more clicking are we going to do besides a, a, a full four quarters of clicking instead of just two quarters of clicking? You know what I mean? Besides that, like what are you what else are we going to do besides maybe have an O-line that blocks? But like once you get those things, I still feel like we're, we're not good. You know what wow. I mean? Even all the things that they did bad, if they did it mediocre it'd still be pretty bad is kind of my yeah. point yeah they'd still be pretty friggin' bad and like, like that, they can't stop the run yeah and and who are we it, up against next week did you check out the running back for virginia tech this guy um Keyshawn king 
Yeah, he's like nasty. Keyshawn King ran 19 times for 111 yards, averaged 5.8 yards a carry with a 32-yard carry being his longest carry. Basically showing you that as long as carry wasn't like 90 yards and eight, you know, and that was the reason why wow. he had that high yards per six yards a carry, 5.8. That was gonna... like the fi- that was like the final drive against BC. The guy got six yards a carry. Bro, That's gonna happen might... all game. He might have two C notes against us next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're we're doing projections, uh, he's going over the amount that he had last week. He's going over 111. He didn't have a touchdown last week. He's gonna have a touchdown this week. That's my projection. I'm saying unless one, unless one the, the coach can call in a play to the defensive line, unless that can happen. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, if the D line's going to stack themselves so wide and leave all these gaps, he's just going to take it. It's like, yeah. Like why, mm-hmm. what, what else? And if you're the coach for Virginia tech and you watch the game tape, what are you going back to your team with? You know, it's funny too. It's like, I wish people could see like, our facial expressions and just it's like i don't know it's this we're kind of petty with our facial expressions i think is yeah. what you're saying <laughs> there's a lot of communication going on non-verbally because this is just for the for the listener's point of view we're on a zoom call right now so we're seeing each other's faces and maybe one day you'll get the the graces of seeing our faces too but yeah. right now we're technologically adept and we're just trying to figure out how to get the audio recording out because we're new and as we mentioned this but, took us i'm not uh, hand up hand up on this one this took us like four times all my fault um, <laughs> not uh, <laughs> technology we just didn't have a good grasp on the technology we started no, on we one app and we moved on to another app so uh you know any constructive feedbacks welcomed on that part please, please. <laughs> and like here's the thing too we wanted to just get this out like this is something that we've been talking about for months now something that like i said like i've been looking into doing for like over over a year now like i've i've had people that tell me like oh you should do a podcast in the back of my head i'm like oh, yeah, that's a good idea you know what i mean but like i never really acted on it and the reason why people always told me that i should do one is because i was involved in the media like i said um as a journalist i've been following this team too religiously for the last 20 years so it almost like makes sense to like give it a go but I've always kind of just been like oh yeah it's cool and then never really like acted on it but when me and Pete actually kind of like threw it around a little bit it's like yo like this kind of makes a lot of sense like we should do this like it fired us fired us both up to the point where like let's give it a go um so this is something that we're really passionate about we're really looking at actually um pursuing i think that you know the really lack of um bc content that is out there um there's a there's a large void of it and large good bc content there's some out there but we're gonna make the good stuff uh, yeah that good good yeah yeah like just and and like keep it real like you know I'm, i'm over like this whole stale concept it's like you know, listening to people talk, it's like, that's not how you talk. Like, I don't talk like that with my, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, but you listen to like a fourth and dude. And like, I really enjoy listening to them. I actually spoke with them going into this um, to get their blessing in order to even do this. Cause I feel like they're kind of like the pod fathers of the BC Twitter. Um, But like, there's someone that I like, I definitely enjoy listening to, but like my thing is like, it's an issue when there's one podcast like that out there. Like, I really feel like there should be, you know, 
more of an avenue in order to like listen to the program, listen to all this stuff. Um, so that's kind of like where we're at is just kind of like looking to really like bring this to life, really get some juice behind the program, positive or negative. Like we just want to, we just want to start. Just talking real. About, yeah. We want to create like a forum. We want to make this fun. Like you might shit on us. You might laugh at us. You might call us idiots, but like, good, please do. Cause it's really accurate. Humble. We're kind of idiots. Yeah, we definitely are. There's not a lot of people out there that you can even do that towards. Um, you know, throw us a follow on, on Instagram and Twitter, you know, we're at BC banter pod. Um, I think we kind of talked about it before, but what we want to start doing is we want to start doing, you know, some giveaways. So like, we'll, we'll give away some tickets. We have some autographed items. Um, you know, we have some, we have some, some cool BC merch that, you know, we definitely want to be able to start uh, giving away. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us. Um, throw us a comment, shit on us, hmm. whatever you feel. <laughs> I promise you, like, I'm not going to be upset about it. Neither is Pete. Um, you know, we both, we both definitely like dive into this fully knowing that like, that's going to happen. Like the, the age in the world. And like, honestly, like BC, BC, Twitter, BC ball, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Like that stuff, it just, it just, it makes me smile because especially like there's a couple guys on there. Like I already talked about um, Marty, then you have uh, a now reasonable takes and uh, you know, Beacon street ball. And like those dudes catch like a lot of flack from people. And I don't really understand it because here's these three cats that are talking about the basketball team, which has had one winning season since 09. And people are like shitting on them for being so passionate about it and just like making it fun. Like, I don't, I've never understood that. You know, I've always, I, I look at their tweets and all the like crap that they're, that they're talking about. And I get such a kick out of it because it's so refreshing. And like, that's what it, kind of where I'm going with this. Like, that's what I want this to be. It's just like, I want it to be fun. I want, you know, if there's people out there that would like to get involved, that want to come on, they want to banter with us. Like, please like hit us up. Um, Let's banter. Yes. Um, so that, that's kind of, that's like my impromptu, like closing remarks, uh, BC banter pod, follow us on Insta, follow us on Twitter. Um, let's get it pop. And then Pete, um, I'll let you kind of, you know, give your closing remarks as well. And, 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 and we'll go out of here and go eat some dinner <laughs> for my closing remarks. I want to ask you, uh, two questions. Sure. Um, my closing remarks. So I'm, I like to play fantasy football. I like to gamble. I like to do all that stuff. So I want to go over the lines and the over under and just get your picks. Yeah. And then we can follow yeah. up next week and see how both of us did on our picks. So yeah. Virginia, and we're just doing uh Caesar's sport book, what they have as far as the money line, the spread and the total. So um, just for you non gamblers out there, money line is just pick them. Who you think is going to win the game spread with points adjustment and then total we're picking a total points for the game and then we're just going to select over or under um, that amount of points. So uh, money line right now, uh, BC's plus 110. You you bet a hundred bucks, you get 110 bucks back. Uh, you take BC or do you take Virginia tech minus minus one thirty? money line? Um, Virginia tech. Uh, me too. Um, spread uh, BC's getting two and a half points. You taking BC or you taking Virginia tech at minus two and a half. Virginia Tech. So even with the points, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, because it's two and a half. So that that's a tricky line. You know, they win by three, they still cover. Yeah, that's what kind of what, like my whole line of thinking is I think that Virginia Tech, I, I like them as a field goal, um, whatever advantage. So yeah, it's a tie game comes down to the last drive. Whoever the team kicks a field goal, they win. Yeah, I don't oh, think it's going to be a touchdown or a, a one point game. Go 96 yards all on the ground and win it. So, like, gee, oh my God. BC hasn't covered a spread in the, they've covered two spreads in the past eight. So they're not, they haven't been covering spreads lately. And then lastly, over under 46. Combined BC score with Virginia Tech score, will it go over or under 46 points? Under. Yeah, I think this is a defensive matchup this week. Uh, last week, Virginia Tech threw four interceptions. We have a strong secondary. We can't seem to block on the O-line or run the ball. So, yeah, unless Virginia Tech just slams it down our throat on the run game over and over again, which is the only way they can score lots of points, in my opinion, I think we're seeing it under here. So yeah. to summarize, we're taking Virginia Tech with the spread or money line. You get a bigger bang for your buck if you take money line. So, I mean, uh, with the spread. So I'd go with the spread. And then uh, we're going under on the overall. Yeah. And then, you know, I would say <laughs> I'm hoping that, you know, weeks going forward, the boys will be buzzing. And yeah. we'll be bc regardless i know we're not like, feeling bc after that. i'm not feeling it dude like i'm just being real like i'm i'm hurt yep. i'm hurt they didn't give us anything to be excited about i'll tell you that but hey next week catch us up catch us again we'll be talking about uh the virginia tech and then looking forward to next week's preview awesome and until then go eagles roll eagles <laughs>